Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Happy New Year! If we haven't met, I am Sav, and um, I have been part of Gateway family for a very long time, and it's always great to be here um, at the city campus. And um, could you believe we're in 2024? It's, it's astonishing. It's been four years since COVID, guys. Like, it seems like, you know, it only just happened, but it was four years ago when it all began for us. And we are in 2024, and I'm not sure about you and your social calendars in the last two weeks. But I found myself at New Year's Eve, as I always do with some friends and some family, and there's a conversation that we have around New Year's resolutions. So who here has New Year's resolutions or made them? Not many, really. I'm not going to ask you what they are, so you feel free to um, put them up or keep you accountable. But um, there is this thing about approaching a new year, isn't there, that where we go, oh, I wonder what the new year holds for me. And then I start to think about things that I should be doing differently for the year that I want to be able to live. Um, Just coming up on the screen, just to show you, this is the majority of what people who took this survey said for them are the top New Year's resolutions. Improving fitness. Not a surprise. (laughs) Um, Improving finances. Improving mental health. Lose weight, improve diet. Jeez, a lot of things about your physical body um, that people are saying they want to see change in their life and the list goes on. I'm going to be vulnerable with you and share with you my New Year's resolutions and you're welcome to keep me accountable because I do want to try and achieve them. I won't give you my phone number, so you're going to have to um, find me accountable some other way. So my New Year's, some of them are this. Unclutter my house. Yeah. Oh, yes, there's an amen in the room. And I see Christine Wood is with us. I think, you know, if you have... Christine, I might need to talk to you afterwards, but um, great tips on how to do that. Um, read the Bible in a year. So I purchased this wonderful big Bible um, in a year by Nikki Gumbel, and I thought this would be a really great way to help me read the Bible through the year. I did it probably 10 years ago in another format, but it's been 10 years, so I thought I'd give it a go. And spend more time with my family. Now, I have teenagers, and they don't want to spend time with us anymore. So um, my new solution is I'm going to find ways to help them spend time with me. And I'm going to run 5Ks by the end of the year. Okay. I'm not going to... Thank you. I, I know. It's so astonishing to me as well that that's a resolution that I have. And... Um, I, I can't run like, like Cirque can run, so I'm going to aim for the 5Ks. And don't ask me at what pace, okay? I'm not sharing you the pace. Let me tell you where I'm at on January 7, today. This is a picture of my ironing pie. <laughs> so the cl- decluttering is on its way, Christine. It's on its way. It's in progress. <laughs> at least it's in the pile, you know, and not everywhere in the house. Um, Bible in a year. Now, I'm going to be honest with you because I say I'm going to be keeping accountable with you. I'm up to January 6th, so I haven't actually read January 6th yet, and we're January 7th, so I'm a, like a day or two behind, so I'm going to have to kind of catch up with that. I did book a holiday, though, aka kidnapping my children to go away with me so I can spend some time with them. So that is happening. I did do that. 
And when I say running, this morning I attempted 100 metres of running without stopping, okay? Look, when you haven't run before, it's, it's you know, I have 360, although 59 days or something left to work towards that, but that's what I'm doing. So I haven't really progressed much from December 31 to the 7th of January. Did you know that over 92% of people fail at their New Year's resolution? 92%. I'm kind of failing at a couple of things already, but they fail it because we think that habits, for some reason, is going to change because we think about it. Because we want it, we desire it, we think it's going to change. But in actual fact, we know that's not the case. Your old habits, what you think about and how you do things don't just magically disappear. Despite all of our good intentions, we fall back into old habits quite often. And for some of us, this might be the first week you're hustling back to work. The hustle of work will face you when you walk into the office on Monday. We call it the rat race. Now, in Scripture, in the Bible, they talk, there's an analogy of running a race that, you know, that gets talked about quite often. And it gets talked about in a way of describing how we would run this race in life with Jesus. So today, I just want to quickly explore just some ideas about how we can run the race with Jesus really well in our life. We're going to draw some inspiration from two passages. So you're going to read with me. We're going to go to 1 Hebrews 12. The scriptures come on the screen, or you can follow with me in your Bible if you brought it with you. And I can't loan you this because it's not chronological for, in terms of, you know, Bible. It's chronological. No, let's just leave it there. Um, if you have your Bible, you're welcome to turn to Hebrews 12. We're going to start there. It says, Therefore... Since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that was so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and 24 to 27 says this, Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run. That's right, not everyone's stationary in a race. They all run. But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get that prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone who's running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and then make it slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Meaning, Paul is saying here, he doesn't want to miss out on this wonderful life with Jesus and what Jesus has to offer us. And that is the price that he's talking about. There's 900,000 at the end of that. It is just the price of living a life well with Jesus. So when I read these two passages, and there are others, I don't see the analogy talking about a sprinter. I see probably more like a marathon, like what, how Cirque's run those marathons. So in high school, um, you know, those days where you get to have to compete in different athletics and racing, I always put my hand up to the 100 metre. If you haven't caught on, that's about my 
<laughs> extension of ability to run, but I remember I used to be quite good at it, and I would say, yes, I will run the 100-meter sprint. What I love about it, and that might say something about my personality too, is I like, just like to charge ahead towards the goal really quickly and expend all of my energy as quickly as I can to get down to the finish line, and usually pretty exhausted when I get there. That's how I used to live my life, not just in running the race at school, but in how I approach life. I like to see a goal and kind of go for it. And often found myself quite exhausted in life. And when really what scripture is trying to tell me is that it's more like a marathon. It's a different kind of pace. So in the past few years, um, I have really tried to, to think about what that might look like for my life. I know it's going to require me to run a little bit differently. Running a 100-meter sprint or a marathon, very different. And those who run, you can come and talk to me afterwards and give me some tips, but you would know. And, and those who are attempting to exercise or run, you will also know that it doesn't just... It's a different kind of pace, right? Because you have to go to a different kind of training for the long race, the endurance race. So the writer of Hebrews 12 gives us some incredible steps in how we can start this race and run it well with Jesus. So it says, you know, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, so people have gone before us who's cheering us on. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders. So what are the things that are hindering us? What are the things that's hindering you? So hindrance to me are things that are, like distractions, right? Things that we can distract ourselves with um, or barriers that we put in, obstacles or unhelpful habits. So for me, it will be things like excessive Netflix watching. I'm like a total binger on Netflix. You give me a series and I will commit to it for the whole weekend. Yes, that's me, like the sprinter. Just go for it and finish the thing. And so that is a distraction. So... Other things for me could be scrolling social media the first time than when you first wake up in the morning. I wonder what the world is saying. I wonder what all my friends are doing. Or it could be online shopping. Or some, for some of us, it's just this dedication to work an extra one or two hours every single day for, for, because you, you just love it and you kind of become addicted to that. It is a hindrance because the time that you would spend doing those things, you could be spending on other things, like my New Year's resolutions, but instead, it's hindering me from doing those things because, I don't know, it's just the way that we are. It's the, it's the way that our human conditions are. So what is it for you? It will look different for you. Um, I wonder what it is. So Hebrews then continues to say in the same sentence is to throw off things that hinder you, but also to throw off sin that entangles you. Now, this is a harder concept to kind of wrap our heads around. How do you actually throw off sin, right? And um, so for me, when I was preparing for this, I really thought about it. And for me, throwing off sin, I need a couple of practices in my life that will help me do that, that will bring um, the sin in my life or the things in my life that is not pleasing to God to the surface to deal with them. Because those things, in actual fact, weigh us down. So Hebrews 12 does talk about it. It weighs us down. It slows us down. So the best practice that I know how to do this is confession. And that's really conf confronting to say. It's confession of the sins in my life. 
because confession leads to repentance. And in repentance, you are then made whole again with Jesus. You are able to receive his grace for you. So you do need these practices in your life. And there's two parts to this. And the first part of confession is confession to God. And I love um, Psalm 139. David prays this. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I have them. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In asking God, this is David, and it also will be applicable to us, when we say, God, search my heart, you are actually saying to him and inviting him to say, come into the inner life of who I am. This is not my friend saying, hey, Sav, you shouldn't, you know, eat that, that won't be good for your diet, or Sav, you shouldn't, you know, you should run a little bit more than 100 metres if you want to do the 5Ks eventually. It's not an external thing, it's an inner thing. So when you say to God, search my heart and just test me and see if there's anything offensive in me, you're saying to reveal the things in me that I may not even be aware of that is offensive to you. That could be unforgiveness towards others. It could be pride in our life where we continually wanting to be on the treadmill of achievement so that we can get accolades from others or could be completely different and in the opposite direction where we found a friend in apathy where we actually don't care. (laughs) In fact, sometimes we care too much and we, we do it because we want the accolades for ourselves. Whatever it is for us, when we come to a place of confession to God and you ask him, you're actually inviting him to reveal it to you. And that is a confronting space to be in. I'll be the first one to say that. Because sometimes it is easier to watch Netflix than it is to ask God to search my heart. Okay? And, And that's reality. And we need this practice so that we can run this race of life, this marathon, well with Jesus. Because as sin weighs us down, we can't run well. Right? You can't run well if you have excess on your body. Another form of confession, which is probably the most confronting, sometimes I think I can do it with God really well, is actually confession in community. That's right, in community. While our relationship with God is personal to us, it is definitely not private. And that's not because we're out there, you know, announcing our sins so people can know about them all all the time, but it's because we are connected in the body of Christ. The, The scripture talks about how each one of us are connected to a body and one is suffering, the others will feel it. So when you are not quite right with God, when things are not going so well in your life, it's not just impacting you, it's actually impacting others around you because sometimes that will exhibit itself in a way that is actually unhealthy, in unhealthy relationships, in the way that we do things. So it does affect other people. So James 5.16, James urges us to do this. He says, confess your sins to one another. So this is not a private thing that you do on your own, but to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the prayer of righteous person is powerful and effective. So it's a pretty, um, pretty strong instruction to give. And I don't know, I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but I, I have learned to do this with a very small group of people. So when it says, you know, confession within community, it it is with trusted and a small group of people. That's just 
how I want to approach it. You can pray to God about how you would like to see that happen for you. But my encouragement to you is, if this is something you don't do, um, here, here is just some guidance and some tips for you. I would choose a small group of people who are committed to mutual accountability. So when you come to reveal parts of you that you know are just not great and you need to confess that in community, you want to be part of a community of people that are committed for mutual accountability. So this is not a, um, you know, I come to a person and tell them about my sin and they pray for me and then that's it. That's one form, but in community is actually where we keep each other accountable, which means it's reciprocal. So the other person or the, a group of small people may want to do that with you as well. So you confessing something to them, they may also want to confess something to you, but together you would pray for one another. The other tip I would have in choosing a small community is someone who is committed to grace versus judgment. Because, we, I mean, we talked a lot about grace this morning. When, when you reveal parts of who you are, right, like it's like me running 100 metres, you can all sit there and judge me and go, man, I wonder if she's ever going to run 5Ks by the end of the year, right? There may be judgment in the room, but I'm not feeling the judgment. I'm feeling grace and encouragement from you. But you want that. You want a group of people that will actually be committed to showing you grace and not judgment on you. And people definitely, as James said, that we can be into prayer. Because in prayer, we are actually saying we can't fix the situation or we can't change what's happening. But in prayer, when I pray for you or you pray for me, what I'm saying is I'm cheering you on. I'm going to take these things that we have just talked about. I'm going to offer it up to God. Who can change the inner parts of who we are? So together as a community, when you do that for one another, you're saying, let's run this race of faithfulness to God together. And that's what it looks like to, to do confession. I know it's heavy. It's probably not a practice that, you know, a lot of people would do. But I would encourage that you would consider it because it's, it will be freeing for you. It will do the thing that Hebrews 12 is saying, which is throw off everything that hinders and throw off the sin that easily entangles. So how do you do that? Bring it up to the surface. Allow it to be dealt with and do that well with God and in community. So once you throw this kind of metaphorical, you know, weights of your life, off you, you can run more freely with Jesus. And you can run in a new rhythm with him. You know, Jesus offers this to us in Matthew 11. We have done this before in our church, and you may have read this before. I'm going to read it again to you. This is what Jesus is offering. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So to learn this notion of unforced rhythms of grace does require what we read earlier in Corinthians emphasises and that is to go into strict training. So when you are preparing for a race or when you're running in a marathon, you do have to go into some sort of training in order to do that. And the writers that Corinthians, Paul is talking about you in the life, is the training of that. It takes discipline 
to live differently, doesn't it? It takes discipline to actually achieve the goals that you have set out. It will take discipline. There's no doubt about it. We know this to be true all the time about all the things in, in our fitness and like the finances. If you have a goal in your finance to have X amount of money, it will take some discipline for you to actually achieve that. So I know that's to sound obvious, but it actually takes a lot within all of us to be able to do that well. So we don't run aimlessly, as Paul says, so that we actually can run this race in life with Jesus with incredible purpose. So the image I get is not just a marathon that, you know, the scripture talks about in this race with Jesus. I find that when I think about this, it's like running a marathon in a two-legged race. Running a marathon in a two-legged race with Jesus. Have you ever been in a two-legged race? Has anyone done it? Three. Three-legged three race, sorry. <laughs> so, three-legged race. Have you done it? Yeah. yeah? Is it hard? Yeah. Absolutely, right? It's almost comedic to watch. I love it. Um, that should be like a family thing that we do, and so we can laugh at each other. Um, but I, I do think it's, it's a different pace. You, you're not running on your own in your path. You're actually running ahead. You're running with someone, right? You're tied to them. So when you are running with Jesus and in that race tied to him, he sets the pace. And if you try to set the pace, you know, you're kind of trying to drag him with you. It's, it's actually doesn't really work. You actually have to kind of work together, listen to each other, watch each other, communicate to each other in order to kind of run well together. Would that be true? I can't, I haven't seen a race where that doesn't happen. I mean, I think they start off like that and then soon realise that, you know, you just keep falling over or fumble and stumble all, all the way through your race. So he sets the pace and we can see him. Let me ask you this question. Who are you looking to in this race of life? Where is your gaze when you're running? Is it looking around at others is it the comparison? Well, they have a better partner <laughs> to run with. Is it comparison game of, I think they have more than me, or, or they are fitter than me, or they are this? Is, is it that? Are you looking to others? Or do you fix your eyes on the partner that you're running with? And do you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith? And then whose voice? Are you listening to? Are you listening to the sound of popular culture where it says, do your very best to not get cancelled? Right? That, that's the thing. Do your very best not to get cancelled. Is it the culture that says, you do your boo. Don't worry about anybody else. You just be you. Is it that? Are you listening to that? Are you listening to the noise of success that says, be more, do more, get more, achieve more, buy the better house, get the better car, get the better job? better clothing, whatever it is, to have more? What keeps you connected to Jesus in this race? What ties you together when you're running this race together? What disciplines do you have in place? And what are you training? How are you training for that? So that you can accept this invitation from Jesus we just read in Matthew 11. You know, it, it is an invitation. He says, come with me. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, right? There's a lot of invitation in that little passage. And it's a different kind of pace of life that he wants for us 
I know for me, when I stay connected to Jesus and when I try not to sprint off in my life but run a better race, I ask my rhythm changes. It can't help but change, right? It can't help but change. It is hard to run in a different direction when Jesus has come this way, when, when I'm connected to him. I'm not bound in the race to perform anymore. I love to be able to achieve things really well. I'm not in such a hurry as I used to be. I'm not as exhausted. You can ask my kids. I sleep well these days. I'm present in my reality. So when I'm with Jesus, things do slow down a little bit for me. And I am able to lift my gaze and look around me and, and look at where my kids are at, looking at where my family's at, where my friends are at, and then the community around me. I'm able to pay attention to that. When I'm connected to Jesus and running this race with him, I'm able to receive forgiveness from him more often because I'm talking to him more. And when I receive forgiveness from Jesus, I'm able to forgive others more readily as well. When I'm connected to Jesus, I'm able to accept grace, as we talked about as we took communion this morning from him. How are you training? Paul talks about it very clearly. How do you train this part of your inner life? You may already have practices in play. That's wonderful. You may not today and you go, wow, I'm intrigued. I wonder what practices I can have in my life to train me to run this race really well, to build this rhythm of grace. So for the last few moments we have together, I'm just going to share with you some resources that I use, okay? So these are vetted by me and possibly others. And you may have more, and it would be great in community to share that with each other. So first of all, some books and some podcasts for you. So the first one is a Spiritual Discipline Handbook by Adele Cowhan. Now, she lists 75 practices, 75. This is not an aim to do all of these, okay? But she listed 75 of them, and um, you can read through them. It's, it's well set out. It's not long and arduous. It's just a, this is what it is. Um, it's communion. You can find the scripture that goes with that. And here's how you can start and how you can build that rhythm and that practice into your life. So we did communion this morning. That is a practice that is listed in there as well. For me, in the last three months, I am practicing solitude. Hard to believe. I know. But I am practicing solitude. And at first, it sounds so appealing, you know, being by yourself with no noise around you and you're just quiet. But within 30 seconds, everything inside of you is incredibly loud, let me tell you. But I'm practicing it every day. And I started like literally, like the money, one minute. It's a really long time when you haven't done it before. It is a really, really long time. I've built up to three minutes now, so there's hope for me yet. But in the quietness before God, let me tell you a bit about solitude for me. I'm only sharing this just as to, to be accountable to you, but also sharing how these practices can help train you, is that I'm actually encountering myself in solitude more than anything. Thomas Keating a wonderful priest, he says this, when you practice solitude, it is like unloading of the unconsciousness. What he means is in that first little part of solitude, what happens is all the unconscious things that you have within you comes bubbling up to the surface. The things you bury down with Netflix, the things you bury down with shopping, the things that you bury down with going out and doing stuff or achievement in your workplace, they, they're not there, Right? So in solitude, it's you. You are there. So wherever you go, that, that's where you are, right? 
the same goes. So when David says in Psalms, search me, O God, and test my heart, reveal the things in me, that's what happens when you go into the place of solitude. The other book that has been really great for me is um, by John Mark Homer, The Ruthless Innovation of Hurry. Some of you may have read that already. And, um, but they, he also has a podcast that kind of goes alongside the book. So talking about some of the principles, so you can download the podcast. What that does is it helps you to kind of think about some of these practices. I know um, when I listened to that about the Sabbath about two or three years ago, it really helped me re reinvigorate that practice in my life. So feel free to download the podcast. And the other one is by our own executive pastor, Derek Peters. He has a podcast, yes, called The Secret Place. And the purpose of the podcast and what he talks about is how to abide with Jesus. So today we talked about the three-legged race. It, it, it's like that. How do you actually abide and be in, in the secret place with God? And the, a book I read recently is Pray Like Monks, Live Like Fools. To be honest, I only chose it because I thought the title was kind of interesting. Live like, pray Like Monks and Living Like Fools. Now, this book also, you can listen in Audible or you can get the podcast that goes alongside it, talks about how prayer can unlock this wondrous side of who God is through prayer and through the practice of prayer. So you can do that. And because we live in the 21st century, there's apps everywhere. So there's an app that um, is called Pause. And it's about connecting with God throughout the day. And you can start with one minute <laughs> as well, where you set an alarm in the app where it will tell you to pause and it will help and guide you in how to be present with God in that moment. So, and you can do that throughout the day. It's a really great app for that. But my most recent one and the one that I'm loving at the moment is Lectio 365. And some of you may already be using that. So it has a morning and a night um, version of it. And in a moment, in a moment, we're going to play three minutes of one of the night sessions. I'm going to invite you um, in a moment to close your eyes and just to be present as we play this audio over you. And maybe this is an app that you might want to download to help you and to embed into your practices a way of connecting with God through Scripture and praying over Scripture and what that feels like and looks like, and how it enriches your relationship with the Lord. And then I'm just going to pray for us at the end. And the team are going to come, and we're going to sing a song of worship together. And you may feel free to sit through that, or you can stand up. But before we play this app, let me just say, this is, you know, we are at the beginning of 2024. I'm telling you some of my things. You might want to choose some friends or family or trusted people in your life. What, what is it in 2024 for you? What is a new practice that's going to help you get closer and be in closer relationship with Jesus? What, what are those things? It, it's really, once you share with someone, it's actually not that confronting after a while, but it actually invigorates what I have found. It has invigorated me and helped me towards the goal that I have for this year. So thank you for this morning, but we're going to play this app. And hopefully you won't fall asleep. <laughs> Sometimes I do, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but this is beautiful. And um, yeah, anyway, the guys are going to play that. Thanks. The day is done. The night has come. Wednesday will soon be over. And so in the quietness of this moment... 
still my soul to spend this time with you. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Am I carrying trouble in my mind from the worries of this day? Breathing in slowly, I receive God's peace. of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail they are new every morning am I carrying tension in my body from the strains of this day breathing out slowly I relax and release my stress to the Lord The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Reflecting on the day that has passed, Lord, show me where you were at work in my life. In what ways did I experience your goodness? When did I hear you speak? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Father, we just want to say thank you um, for your love for us and your grace towards us. And today... I just pray, God, that you would, um, well, I invite you, Lord, to come into each one of our lives and bring forward the things, God, that you would like us to, to do and to, to practice so that we can run the race well with you. And, um, Lord, I just pray for your love and your grace and your mercy to be with each person here today. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.